Yeah, we don't. That is the intro. I right. Got him. Lucas, what's up, baby? How's it going, Matt? I'm okay. I'm okay. Little, little stressed lately. Yeah. Past week. Um, for those that don't know, I am going to be moving soon out of San Diego to a location that um has not yet that I won't be revealing quite yet. Uh, will be be revealed yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, I'm just a little stressed with packing and everything and figuring that out. You know, gotta think about furnishing my new place. Gotta do a whole bunch of stuff. And I've been like kind of sick the past week and a half. So yeah, yeah, not I, um uh... not enjoying that. I've just been like like casually rocking like a low grade fever. Um, getting, I've been COVID tested once, came back negative. Getting COVID tested again, uh, thinking it's still probably gonna be negative, but wanted to be safe. But yeah, I've just been kind of like, it's just been like a literal fever dream, like the past week and a half. Yeah, man, I know you've been out of it a little yeah. bit. Um, have you taken any gummy vitamins? Any Flintstones vitamins? Oh no, no. I'll, I'll um, I think that's what I'm missing. Yeah, um, I'll send you some. I need that. And some of the painkillers from uh, Left 4 Dead. And I think we'll be. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll just set. we'll just medkit you, and then all of a sudden you're gonna be fine. Yeah. What's up? How, how about you, man? What's uh, what's new with Lucas lately? Uh, you just got back yeah. from a long trip. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, for those of you that listened to our last episode on Disco Elysium, uh, you know that I recorded it um, outside of my usual space. Uh, I was up in the Pacific Northwest for a little while, kind of traveling around. Staying with friends, uh, camping, doing the whole bit. It was a, it was a really good time off, uh, but I'm I'm glad I'm back. Um, work was work was really missing me. I had a lot <laughs> to catch up on when I got back. That was yeah. pretty crazy. And um, of course, getting off our schedule here with the pod um, is always difficult. So we're we're playing a little bit of catch up here with the content. Luckily, still able to get out an episode. Of course, every single Thursday for our fans. Um, but a little, little bit more behind on on the backlog than I do. Little, little to the wall here, but that's okay. Because um, you know what, we we have a fun topic today for everyone. A a topic that is uh, very near and dear to um, both yours and mine hearts, my hearts, and kind of a it's kind of our origin story in a way, almost related yeah. to this topic. Is our, our origin our origin story is tied into this topic is more appropriate to say rather. So, uh, Lucas, why don't you tell us about fighting games and the fighting game genre? Fighting games. All right, all right. Um, I'm so excited about this topic. Um, I I've been wanting to cover it for a while. I know uh, we're going to give the audience the full story of how we really met, I believe, in this episode. And I think part of this episode is going to be me getting a little nostalgic about certain games I used to play. Um, there's been so many fighting games out there. So I think. Many. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many games out there. Um, just f- everybody can probably recall obscure games they played when they were a kid on maybe the Game Boy or PS1, you know, GameCube era or something like that. And turns out that as I look back, there were quite a bit of fighting games or games that just had some sort of arena fighter or, um, you know, these obscure, there was uh, so many weird obscure fighting games back in the day. I'm going to go down those a little bit. Um, But first, Matt, I want to ask you, what fighting games have you played? What fighting games have interested you in the past? Um, Obviously, People probably know about the big one, which is going to be Smash, but give me the rundown. Yeah, so, oh man, I think I think the first ever fighting game I played, I want to say it was a game on the Game Boy Advance. 
advanced game boy advance <laughs> called digimon battle adventure 02 or wow. something like that yeah um big digimon stand by the way guys in case you didn't know that um still persists to this day it was like one of this weird ones or it's um it's almost like the coin collect mode or whatever in uh, Smash Brothers, where like you don't actually damage their HP. Like you hit them and they drop like orbs and you collect that to um, <laughs> win the match and do damage. But that was like my first foray into fighting games. And then growing up, I played a bunch. Like um, I- I'm a I'm a super big Dragon Ball fan. I loved that growing up. So uh, Dragon Ball Budokai, Budokai, Dragon Ball Tenkaichi, Dragon Ball Budokai Tenkaichi. <laughs> Tenkaichi was pretty sick. I played a lot yeah, of Tenkaichi. Those were all super fun, and I played those to death. Um, and that was kind of like my main fighting games I played growing up. Some of like the Naruto ones, too. Like there's a GameCube Naruto one. Clash of Ninja. Uh, Clash of Ninja, I played those. My sister and I played those a shit ton. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty bad at fighting games, so she would beat me a lot. Um, at least in that game growing up, which was really frustrating, but that's okay. <laughs> and then I uh, played a lot of Ultimate Ninja Storm as well in the Naruto genre. And then I even played a Yu Yu Hakusho one, I remember. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, that was a fun one. But uh, the big one, as I'm sure a lot of you probably already know if you listen to this podcast, uh, Smash Brothers, uh, specifically Melee, as well as the modded version of Brawl being Project M, um, have sunk so many hours. Thousands of hours into those games, both trying to, you know, just playing friendlies with your friend, my friends. Um, playing competitive matches, train, do, you know, doing like tech skill practicing on my own. Uh, we <laughs> traveling. Were, traveling. I've traveled before that game to Vegas, to Northern California. Um, has taken me interesting places. And as also, we can kind of get into this a little bit more later, also how I met Lucas. Um, incredible game, questionable community <laughs> these, these days. days. Um, mostly a good community. Just unfortunately, over the last year, year and a half, a lot of suspect people have been made known in the community yeah um but overall you know incredible fighting game um unbiased i think it's one of the best fighting games out there specifically melee um Mm -hmm. and project m honestly to a little lesser extent but it's right there um and just incredible absolutely incredible and uh yeah that's like my my brief history of the fighting games don't really play too much these days to be honest the only times i really play is like if you and i are playing net play or something yeah or slippy some slippy or we get together with the boys and play some PM or melee never really going out of my way to play it anymore, but I don't even have my CRT anymore. Oh, that's, that's big. Yeah. I still I'm, have a, I'm a slippy exclusive now. Yeah. Pretty good. I was just kind of holding it around. I wasn't ever playing here anymore. So I just figured, eh, give it a new home. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is my, uh, wild, uh, fighting game history oh, and a little bit of mortal Kombat sprinkled in here and there for the culture me too me too yeah um behind my parents back of course naturally um yeah yeah, yeah. so good i mean i think we have a pretty similar stuff because we grew up around the same like consoles and generation mm-hmm. things like that so a uh, couple things i grew up with were a lot of soul caliber uh virtual fighter uh, tons of Clash of Ninja and Clash of Ninja 2 for the GameCube. Those I didn't know you played that, actually. Games. That's sick. Yeah, that was those were a lot of fun. We should actually, we should totally do a, a game night with that. That sounds like, that sounds Super awesome. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of Street Fighter or Tekken, to be perfectly honest. Played like a little bit here and there. Um, I probably played a little bit more Mortal Kombat. There was a Mortal Kombat for the PS2 called Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. Played a lot of that. Obviously, Melee. 
Uh, my first fighting game was Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo 64. Like, genuinely, that was my oh, very first OG. fighting game. One of my earliest oh, yeah. games, period. I love that. Um, remember playing that with my siblings a lot. And, um, I, you know, I grew up with two older brothers. One six years older than me. That's producer Sam. And uh, my brother Shay, who's about 12 years older than me. And if, if you grew up with some older brothers and uh, any video game console, there was some fighting games getting played. Um, and people were getting salty. There was just plenty of that. There was no shortage of that when I was growing up. Uh, so I'd say fighting games are pretty intrinsic to uh, to my upbringing. Um, what I appreciate in video games, of course, had a huge stint on Smash Bros. Melee and Smash Bros. Project M all through college. Um, still play Slippy here and there with Matt. Um, I think we've even maybe even streamed it once or twice here but we might def- have, yeah. <laughs> definitely got to get on the get on the ball there with our fans but yeah. um yeah you know I, there's so much to to love about fighting games i think um i'm going to go into some of the early fighting games here along with different fighting game genres uh genre conventions um i want to go into the things that i believe make fighting games um really great uh i hope that some people here can agree with some of these things and i also want to go over some some random little tidbits and quick asides as we move through but taking it back really, really early, Matt, almost 40 years ago to 1985, okay? You and I were not alive yet, okay? 85, no. almost 40 years ago, seriously. Konami releases a game. Shit, that is almost 40 years ago. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm about to describe the start of a genre of video games that's 40 years old. So that just kind of goes to show like how, how far along video games have really come. Well, um, like 30, right? Or my I doing Wait, no. I am doing my math wrong. Oh, math's hard. It's almost 40 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> math is difficult. Yeah. Um, early, early game. Uh, Yer, I'm going to butcher the name, but Kung Fu. Your full title, Yer Kung Fu 1985 by Konami. Um, actually originally inspired by early Kung Fu and martial arts film films. And um, it kind of established some basic fighting game things that, that we know today. Um, that's why we might call this like the earliest fighting game. Um, there were fighting games that existed slightly before 1985. Those are going to be like your Atari games where it was very pixelated and it was kind of a rock, paper, scissors style game. There wasn't health bars. There wasn't a knockout system. There was nothing nothing quite very, like quite what we would recognize as fighting games today. This particular game from 1985 by Konami is what established so much of what we know about the genre. Um, both characters had life meters at the very top of the screen that moved, that went down as they got hit. And then when somebody's life was zero, they would be KO'd. Um, it was actually the first fighting game to say KO'd on it as well, really? which is like every single, it's, it's, like it's almost, it's totally a genre convention. They, a fighting game might not usually, might not say KO, but they say something game, game set, or like a lot of games get really fun with it. Especially these anime fighters will say something maybe you know, a, a really very excited voice actor might just scream something in Japanese. You yeah. never, you never know. Um, and then, so so this this established a lot of iconic trademarks, right? Fast forward two more years, and you get Street Fighter, Street Fighter by Capcom, the very first one. Okay, not a lot of people have played Street Fighter one, um, but it really did lay the groundwork for a lot of things. Okay, you played as Ryu or Ryu. Uh, and you were fighting through five different countries at, through a worldwide martial arts tournament. Um, it was actually more of a single-player game. Another player could dive in and play as Ken, and you guys would be playing as the same character. 
Okay, so not uh-huh. we're not quite there yet when it comes to what makes a fighting game great. Um, you, we're in co-op mode right now, then, right? <laughs> no, no, no. So you're you're it's a single player game until right. Ken joins in, and then the, uh, the okay. second player has to play as Ken, who's literally the same character as Ryu with a reskin. Right. Yeah, so yeah. there, this game did establish punches and kicks as well as special attacks that needed special inputs. Another genre convention for fighting games. So quarter circle forward P. You know what that is, Matthew? That's a sure you, that's a Hadouken. Hadouken? <laughs> there you go. Um, although I'm not I'm not quite sure the Hadouken I don't think was in Street Fighter One, uh, but I think the Hurricane Kick might have been in that one or the Shoryuken. Uh, <laughs> but there was there was special attacks with special inputs for Street Fighter One. So yes. to establish that. Now, a few years later. Here it comes. The big boy comes, okay? Fighting games were not built in a day, everybody. It took years for us to really get there as far as genre conventions. Street Fighter II, The World Warrior, is released by Capcom. Single-handedly sparked the arcade fighting game revolution of the 90s and created pretty much every single genre convention that we know today. Eight unique playable characters with their own fighting styles, multiple levels to choose from, Awesome graphics. Seriously, anybody that's at their computer or whatever, go Google Street Fighter 2 graphics. They still look great to this day. Um, very bright, very colorful. The animations, Yeah, animations are really snappy and very great. Um, I played a little bit of this on the Super Nintendo when I was really young. Um, didn't play enough to really get good. It was kind of just a home console thing. No fight stick, no arcade stuff for me. Although my older brother was apparently the dominant person at the pizza parlor that we used to go to. So we got that going. Uh, (laughs) This game was so incredibly popular and is still so beloved. There have been over 50 versions of Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, Ultra, SF2 Turbo HD Remix, SF2 The New Challengers. Basically every single console since SNES all the way to the Switch has had a version of Street Fighter 2. That's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's really, really crazy. Um, And I believe this is where the... Basically, once Street Fighter 2 came out, every single video game needed to be Street Fighter 2. Killer Instinct, Streets of Rage, Mortal Kombat, right? Every single game took a piece of what Street Fighter was doing and tried to put some sort of twist, right? Mortal Kombat is... Street Fighter with photorealistic graphics and it's kick ass. Stupidly violent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it kick it just kicks absolute ass. That's like the <laughs> Mortal Kombat like mission statement, literally. It's like the like, it's like the Chad. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like the it Chad is. of fighting games. Mo- yeah, Mortal Kombat just like walks in, punches Armin in the face, and then walks out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Attack on Titan reference for those of you that uh that missed it. Um, Street Fighter 2 is amazing. I think a lot of people can, can go back and kind of see it as, as an artifact. Um, you know, it's arguably one of the most influential games ever made, period. Um, but not only that, I mean, it's it's so many, so many versions of ports and versions that have come out on other consoles years and years gone by. Kind of makes it have its uh, staying power, I'd, I'd argue, and um, makes it you know, kind of unique and probably one of the most ported games, if not the most ported game of all time. Maybe Tetris could be up there with it, but I can't. There's been a million versions of Tetris as well, probably yeah. just as many as there have for Street Fighter Two. So that's what we got. And so with the success of Street Fighter Two, 
we get a whole slew of fighting games that come after it, right? So everything wanted to be Street Fighter 2 after the success of it. And then all these different fighting games start iterating on the genre and changing things up, okay? So I'm going to throw out some genres here. Um, we're just, just kind of go down the list and just name a bunch that we know. Um, right. You're going to have your 2D fighters. That's your pretty standard Mortal Kombat, King of Fighters, uh, Street Fighter, uh, classic 2D fighter. Uh, but then you have like your 3D fighter, right? That's going to be like your virtual fighters, your Soul Calibers, your Tekkens, Clash of Ninja. That's a 3D fighter. So anything that kind of goes along that 3D plane um, is going to be your 3D fighter. And it adds quite a bit of depth. Personally, my brain never really worked for something like Tekken. Just I I, I could never really get into it. it. It's, a, it's a lot to digest. <laughs> it's a lot to digest. It's a lot to unpack. Um, I mean... Yeah, I never messed with Tekken much. I played a little bit of Soul Calibur with one of my buddies growing up. Just at his house whenever I'd go over. Clash of Ninja. I'm willing to bet there might be more depth there than I realized, but I don't think it was that crazy. But still, yeah, the third dimension is just kind of weird. And then, I don't know if we have a name for this, but also played a lot of like Ultimate Ninja Storms where it's just like an open environment, like free roam fighting games almost. They just kind of run around in typically not very skill heavy games like it's just kind of button mashing yeah um my friend neil may disagree our friend neil who is a notoriously good um ultimate ninja story player really he knows infinites in it yeah it's really it's actually that's, fucking really annoying that's really lame <laughs> <laughs> who knows infinites in ultimate yeah. ninja storm and typically neil. those games too i've noticed they're really used heavily for the anime genre <laughs> Like yeah. For Naruto, Tenkaichi. for uh, Dragon Ball, for Demon Slayer is literally just like Ultimate Ninja Storm style gameplay, but just there, with Demon Slayer characters instead. There's a My Hero Academia game like that too, right? Uh, I think there might be, yeah. It sounds like, if, if not, I'm sure it's already being in the pipeline. I guess that's a third, a third person fighter, um, which are not that popular of a genre. Um, I'm going to go into uh, a little bit of like the... What genres are really well respected in in games? Because um, are well respected within the FGC, the fighting game community. Um, your regular fighters, like your your Tekkens, right? Your Soul Calibers, they hit the Evo stage, right? And when you hit the Evo yes. stage, that's that means you're a bona fide fighting game, right? And you're not going to see Clash Ninja on the Evo stage. You're not going to no. see something like Ultimate Ninja Storm there. Um, there's so many fighting games, but the ones that the community truly considers to be worthy, well balanced, hype. Uh, those things are making it all the way to the to the top of the tournament yeah. status, right? Yeah, and these um, are like the. I mean, aside from the three D fighters you just mentioned, like Tekken Street or Tekken and Soul Calibur, you know, it's like Street Fighter. It's like uh, what else we got? Mortal Kombat, uh, Smash, right? yeah, all those kind of games. Yeah, you got your uh, tag team based fighters. It's going to be your Marvel versus Capcom, your Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, a lot of the games that we're talking about are simultaneously tag team fighters and other types of fighters. Clash yeah. Ninja, yeah. Uh, for instance. Um, so, you know, I think tag team fighters are pretty self-explanatory. It's your fighting game where you get to select multiple characters at the same time, play on one team um, and run it. Pretty fun. Um, who wouldn't want that? Uh, you got your platform fighters. Uh, so that's going to be dun, 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 Smash. Smash. Uh, you got your Jump Stars. What? You ever played Jump Stars mm. games? Oh, that's the PlayStation one, right? No, that's the Jump Ultimate Stars and Jump Superstars. They were for the DS, 
And um, I think they were only, ja I, I only ever played the Japanese versions of them. I think they only really came out in Japan, but it's just the Shonen Jump um, characters duking it out in like a 2D platformer fighting gotcha. game. Okay. Pretty sick, dude. I mean, <laughs> you got, you got Gon fighting like oh, Jojo fighting <laughs> Yugi. It's pretty sick. <laughs> I'm surprised like there hasn't been a real proper, um, you know, mashup crossover uh, jump anime fighter but hey there is what, yeah, what do you I... don't know about it? yeah yeah yeah. it's not it's not an anime fighter though it's it's a 3d cell shaded one right oh you mean literally like anime like yeah, yeah, yeah. like an an oh yeah so that's its own genre too so because there's jump force which is right which is the jump yeah, open... yeah but jump force i don't think has nearly as many characters that were in jump stars yeah i haven't heard is... good things about that game either to be honest <laughs> yeah jump stars was i mean maybe it was bad but i played it when i was a kid and it was it was incredible I jump mean, like, force i'm not sure about jump stars yeah yeah uh brawl out and rivals of aether those are really popular platform fighting games that are really get, getting super popular these days um and honestly probably as a dire direct result of melee becoming and having its its platinum age um once again in the last like you know six or eight years uh, so kind of carbon copies to an extent, not rivals of Aether so much, but I mean, you could literally wave dash and rivals of Aether, which no, is a that's melee. wave dash. Yeah. That's what I said. No, no, no. The, what's the other one that we just talked about? Brawl out. No, there's another one. Um, there's rivals of Aether. There's brawl out. And then keep talking. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to find, uh, it. jump stars, Matt. <laughs> I'm, I'm only, I'm looking at four games on my notes that I'll come back to it. Once okay, I we'll come back. Um, so your anime fighters, those are going to be like your guilty gears, uh, blaze blue Skullgirls. Those are the games that are truly 2d. Uh, they're not cell shaded. They're usually the best looking fighting games. In my opinion, um, 2d full, full 2d plane, um, incredible animations, incredible amount of eye candy and ear candy in those kinds of games and very combo heavy. Um, and, um, I probably should have prefaced this earlier, but meter, obviously a really big genre convention for fighting games. Um, anime fighters are no different, um, using meter, you know, building it, building it up for certain special moves, combo breakers, time stops, and things like that. Um, honestly, the new guilty gear looks pretty sick and i actually really want to play it um i played quite a bit of dragon ball fighters that was my first and last anime fighter that i really got into um you know really popular one taking the evo main stage in recent years so pretty bona fide great fighting game and um been, been itching for another anime fighter the one i was thinking of the com the original company that made it is called wave dash games and Oh it's, yeah, what was that I forget, game? I forget what the original game is called, but it, like got bought out, and the new one is called Rush Down Revolt. That was the one. Yeah, that was a, that yeah. was the crowdfunded or like kickstarted. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think you can wave dash rivals of Aether. Actually, I think that was one of the things they changed. I could be wrong on that. But that's how I remember it. I think you can. I'm almost positive you can. Chat. Chat. <laughs> Chat um, someone know. email us at explainpod at gmail .com. Let us know. Can you wave dash rivals of Aether? I say no. Okay. Yes. I say yes. All right. Um, last one. Sleeper fighting game genre. Wrestling games. Okay. Ooh. Wrestling games. They don't make them. I don't think they really make them anymore. Um, I don't know if there could be another WWE game floating around in recent years, but hey, man, WWE. Well, there's like other sick. professional sport games, fighting sports. Like there's MMA games, right? Oh, there's boxing, okay. I think. We'll throw those in. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I played a lot of a game on the GameCube called Ultimate Muscle. 
uh, Legend, I think it's called like Legends versus New Generations. Uh, that was a sick game. Uh, probably wasn't very good, <laughs> but it was really fun to play. Uh, Def Jam Vendetta played a lot of that game. Uh, sort of a has sort of become like a not like a meme, but a game that's kind of gone down in history for what it is. Where Redman would fight Ludacris. Um, pretty hilarious, actually. Uh, so the early two thousands were weird, uh, and Def Jam Vendetta was was catching a little bit of that weirdness. So many of my early gaming memories are just me and my neighbors playing WWE fighting or whatever the most recent rendition was at their house and just messing around. And God, those games were so ridiculous. You do like hundred person cage matches. You could do yeah. just ridiculous fights where you'd leave the ring, you'd go and get a chair. You would knock out the ref before you could you yeah. know, <laughs> disqualify you. <laughs> it was so great. It was everything that you loved about wrestling as a kid in a game right? just, in the game yeah, yeah just like unapologetically insane yeah. uh yeah, yeah really really good stuff there probably a, an opportunity there for some good reboots if they if they're not doing it i think so um yeah. all right i, I want to jump onto a side note here real quick um hardware when it comes to fighting games um oh. now i want to do a full anything's possible episode on video game hardware it's actually a pretty interesting rabbit hole but with fighting games um Fight sticks. I mean, come on. Um, fighting games are one of the only games, as far as I know, with pretty much widespread adoption of a fight stick, right? If you're playing any of these games at a high level, you're probably using a full-on stick instead of a gamepad. And for those of you that don't know what a fight stick is, it's the thing that looks like an arcade cabinet, has big buttons, and a stick that you hold with one hand. Um, and that's your analog. Yeah. That's your. That's how you move, and um, really great for inputs, perfect inputs, frame perfect stuff, and of course the big buttons really help. You know what's interesting too about fight sticks is I was gonna say what I was thinking in my to myself was, well I play Smash though and there's like no need for fight sticks, but recently however, not really fight sticks but maybe fight boxes is the best word <laughs> the smash to box. describe them. The Smash box have come uh, have come to fruition, and for those that don't know. The Smashbox is basically a modified version of a fight stick to where instead of in a traditional fight stick, you have your, you know, your stick that you hold. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your analog to move your character around um, whatever you, you need to move it for and use for directional inputs. For Smash, the fight box or Smashbox, I think is its effect. Smashbox. Called. Smashbox is actually just a box with a bunch of different buttons on it. And instead of a stick, it has you know several different buttons, each that would mimic a very specific angle or a very specific notch that you could tilt your stick, your GameCube controller to. So it's actually, it's actually more accurate than a GameCube controller. Um, you can get better angles with your characters on recoveries. And it's very interesting. It was actually kind of the subject of a lot of controversy when it first came out because people were saying, oh, it's too good. It gives you too much of an advantage. But you also kind of have to relearn the game because the Smashbox, it's not like a fight stick where that's kind of always been around for these fighters. When the Smashbox came around, I think it came around in like 2017, 2018, I want to say. That was brand new for these guys. And these guys and girls have never been playing Smash on a fight box or a smash box before it was yeah. always everyone always played GameCube controller. If you weren't playing GameCube controller, you're probably using like a, a Wii and a nunchuck and you're just weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was the only way to play smash. So they basically kind of to an extent 
how to relearn the game. So it's kind of yeah. nutty to think about. Yeah, that's it's an interesting one. Um, fight sticks and hardware just being such such an integral part to the FGC and the, the fighting game community as a whole. And Smash being one of the only real fighting games that doesn't really fully embrace the fight stick um, and really stays purist with the GameCube controller gamepad. Until um, we all have arthritis. Yeah, and honestly, not yeah. And the uh, gamepad, um, especially when you're playing fighting games, it requires especially these anime fighters require high amounts of input and really, really high um, actions per minute. And a fight stick is really helpful for that sort of thing because each button is an individual finger on your hand. So, you know, uh, that's that's a whole other debate <laughs> point of conversation. And for context, like when we're talking high actions per second, it's like we're literally talking maybe 12, 13 inputs per second. Insanely yeah. high amounts of stuff. It's kind of nutty <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of apm in in a fighting game um especially something like melee or a lot of these anime fighters um anyway just wanted to like shout out fight sticks in general i have one i love them i have a uh, rap four uh for the ps4 and the ps3 fight stick i use it for fighters and makes a huge difference it's a flex it's cool <laughs> it's a point of pride a lot of people skin their fight sticks and um it's just one of those really cool things uh collectibles they have them uh, people will make custom ones. There's tons of companies out there that'll skin them. Um, just, just love that. Just love that so much. <laughs> um, all right. Now moving on to something I really want to cover here. Um, the FGC. Um, I know I've been saying that, that acronym a lot. And for those of you that don't know, the FGC stands for the fighting game community, a bona fide, um, decentralized fighting game community across multiple fighting games around the world. It's just the general catch-all term for, hey, we're part of a community that loves fighting games. There's not, there, there's multiple bodies that handle different things, like the body that handles, for instance, the organization of EVO, um, but there's also the body of people that create the Project M tournament, uh, the Brocal Gym. Uh, that would be Matt and our friends. Uh, so me, Matt, and our friends who threw that. So the FGC is kind of an all-encompassing term. Um, and the FGC has some quirks to it, um, has a lot of subculture, um, has a lot of pride, uh, has a lot of, of very specific things that people within the FGC really know and understand. It's interesting, too, because, I mean, esports as a whole, obviously, that includes fighting games, but... Fighting games almost feel separate from esports. With yes, when, I, when I'm saying esports, I'm talking about like the leagues, the CS:GO, the CS:GO, the Valorant, Dota. the the Dotas, the StarCraft, whatever it may be. Uh, FGC has always kind of existed. I feel in its own plane, separate from all those other like major major esports. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really interesting too because I think the the purity and the honesty of the FGC and the mentality that most of the FGC has. Um, is just, I mean, it's incredible to me. Um, and I want to go into, you know, what I really think make fighting games so great a little bit more down the line here in this episode. But I mean, uh, you're talking in-person competition, right? So, you know, a lot of StarCraft, a lot of League, a lot of that you rank up in an online ladder system. Okay, so if I want to get really, really great at Counter-Strike, I play Counter-Strike in my own home until I get good enough at Counter-Strike and I rank up in a ladder. Right. If I want to get really great at Street Fighter, I go to a Street Fighter tournament and I play people in person. Right. At least that's how it's been for the last like 30 years or so. Um, online tournaments have become more embraced because of COVID for obvious reasons. 
Um, but still, I think the FGC holds that, you know, playing in person with somebody is, is kind of the ideal way to play the game. A lot of mind games that you can play, a lot of things that you can do to taunt your opponents, which we all consider to be part of the game. Um, Maybe you but, don't shower so your opponent can't handle your stench. <laughs> okay, you know? there you go. Okay, uh, we're, go, we're going there. Stuff. Yeah. We're going there. You know, it's yeah. kind of interesting, too, because you think being in person that a lot of people would be more polite at these things or maybe less salty because you don't have the filter of being, you know, over a computer where you're not seeing someone face to face. But more often than not, I mean, Lucas and I have spent years going to these tournaments for Smash specifically, and everyone's still a dick in person sometimes, like still just as fucking salty, if not saltier than they would be online. It is pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty gratuitous, not yeah. gratuitous. It's the wrong word. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. Egregious. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, with, in, in terms of tournaments, you know, we've been to a lot of tournaments, Matt, you and I, um, one of the biggest tournaments out there, it's a brand name at this point is Evo. Um, yes. Evo started out actually in 1996 uh, under the name Battle by the Bay in Sunnyvale, California, little known fact, um, until it, it officially switched its name in 2002 to the Evo Championship Series. And since 2005 has actually been held in Las Vegas. Um, and most recently in 2020, it was jointly acquired by Sony Interactive and mm -hmm. the sports uh, promotion company Endeavor, um, or I guess the talent or event promotion company Endeavor. Um, so Evo still extremely valuable. I mean, a brand that hosts fighting game tournaments yearly in Las Vegas is acquired by Sony Interactive. So massive company, lots of money getting poured into it. Um, Evo features a huge lineup of games every year that, again, like I said, if your fighting game is on the Evo stage, uh, you made it. Uh, that fighting game is is a bona fide, you know, embraced hype big game. Uh, in 2019. Yeah, it's the big league. It's like hitting the big leagues, exactly. And in 2019, which was the last Evo that we had, we had Street Fighter V. Uh, we had Soul Calibur, Blaze Blue, Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Smash Ultimate, Samurai Showdown. And also notably, there was no Melee um, at that tournament at Evo. Uh, it was the first time since 2013 that that had happened. So mm -hmm. nobody quite knows why. I think it just made sense. They wanted one Smash game, and that was Ultimate. Evo is Our Melee is relegated as a side event um, there at, at Evo. So you could still play it. It's just not quite doesn't quite feel the same as being a, a main uh, card event no. um but ultimate does have a huge huge surge of young players and it's becoming increasingly popular even still um evo is home to perhaps frequently cited as the greatest competitive game moment of all time if not the top five at the very least yes. the diago perry the diago perry is a moment where diago umehara um who is considered he's a guinness book of world Rec record holder for most street fighter tournament wins he is the god of fighting games diago he's Umehara. a legend he's a complete legend if you just google him and read up a little bit about him he is he's 40 years old you know so he's like as old as street fighter one um and it it's he is just the god of fighting games and he's so synonymous with um the certain characters that he plays which is ryu um, inside of Street Fighter until I believe he switched characters, um, most notably like in Street Fighter V to Guile, if I want to recall correctly. Um, anyway, Diago is just a god. In 2004, he was playing against Justin Wong. This was not Grand Finals. I think this was to get into Grand Finals. He was playing against Justin Wong, um, and he was on his last pixel of health. And in Street Fighter Two, in, in the Street Fighter version that they were playing. 
Um, I believe if you got hit at all, even if you were blocking, you would take damage. So you have to parry, um, which is like a basically a, a couple frame window where you're blocking a specific hit that gets thrown at you. And uh, Justin Wong activated a Chun-Li special, which would throw 15 hits at Diago Umehara, and Diago managed to parry 15 consecutive hits in a row, frame perfect, against Justin Wong, and then com- comboed him back to win that match. And it's considered to be one of the greatest it's moments. Insane. It's I can watch <laughs> it now, not even knowing so much about that version of Street Fighter, and still get hyped about it. And I think that for people that want to know a little bit more about what it feels like to be in those settings, it really does feel that hype. You know, when, like, that's what's, I think, the the greatest thing about fighting games is it, the action happens in front of your face on big screens. Um, you know, it's instantaneous. It has, it's, it's haptic feedback. It's right in front of you, you know, and just seeing someone parry something 15 times, knowing that that's like an impossible thing to do myself. Right. And yeah. knowing that, you know, not only is he being framed perfect, but it just looks so sick too. Just even, even with, it's an older screen, it's an old recording you watch it and it feels cool. Right. Um, that's, I think, inca- perfectly encapsulates the fighting game community and the hype that we, why we love it so much, right? And that's, that's what the hype is. On the other side of hype, what do you got, Matt? What do you think I'm going to say? Salt. The salt, okay? Salt. Intrinsically tied to fighting games as well. Salt. I, I, I feel like I would not, it would not be a complete episode about fighting games if we did not go over the salt Salt is actually a result of, I did some good research on this, uh, <laughs> did a ton of research on this. <laughs> salt, salt is intrinsically tied to fighting games in that everybody who's ever played a fighting game has gotten mad at some point. And you get yes. mad for certain reasons, right? When it comes to fighting games, we are trying to beat somebody else that's right in front of us. I think that's, again, that's the duality of it. That's, that's why what makes them so great, but what also makes them so, so hard, right? We've talked before about accessibility in video games and how there's baby modes in games or easy modes in games, like modes in games that just help you beat it, you know? Fighting games don't have that. They cannot have that. Fighting games cannot have that. You have to win. You know, I was actually, there's a, there's a great YouTube channel I'll recommend to our audience called Core A Gaming. Um, They have a whole video on salt. That's amazing. Um, covering how you know different aspects of fairness in games, balance in games, sameness, things like that. And one thing that is really hilarious about you know fighting game, the fighting game community is a group of people actually did put together a version of Street Fighter that just had a win button, literally a button that just Straight let up. you win, <laughs> right? So you would be playing the game, and if you were losing, you can hit the win button and automatically just win the match. Uh, which I think is a hilarious caricature of what we want in a fighting game, right? Like we want to win so bad, but it's not necessarily about winning. It's about beating your opponent. And I think everyone that's ever played these games has kind of felt something about that. If it was about winning, the win button would be satisfying, but turns out it's really not. Um, No, it's about, it's about beating the fucker that's sitting next to you it's about beating that Neil. Took you out and losing <laughs> bracket last last week or whatever at your yeah. weekly tournament right it's yeah. th- there's so much with smash i feel like that just goes beyond typical like esports i don't know i mean that's not fair to say i haven't dove probably far enough into other esports as well but the amount of passion at a in-person smash tournament even if it's just a simple weekly tournament is incredible you know 
how much people will care about the game, how visibly frustrated you'll get or they'll get in front of you and salty in front of you is just incredible. I mean, I've been at smash tournaments where I've seen players chuck their controllers, scream, fuck and run off. Yeah. Um, and leave the tournament. Won't like fizz bump the other player. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, you can seen a lot everything, of everything, everything you can think of. We, we've seen it in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Salt salt's what it's about. I'd say um, we're all like, uh, there's actually a great uh, comment that uh, Jared at Corey Gaming makes in that episode about salt, um, and he calls it the Scrub Lord's prayer. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you here. I think that a lot of people have grown up th- saying this to themselves. Okay? okay, number one, my controls weren't working, and if they were, you were playing dishonorably, and if you <laughs> were and if you weren't, you were playing without skill, and if you were, it's not fun to play that way. And if it is, you only care about winning, right? So a lot of people make excuses about themselves, about the game, when they're playing the game and they're losing, right? So there's certain situations you'll find yourself in in a fighting game that seem impossible or broken, but you just don't know how to play against it yet. And what do we call those excuses? John's. John's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot to include that that side that side story. It's a Smash yeah. legend um in smash you might call an excuse like that a john um it's sort of an inside joke in the community um and what do we always say no johns no johns um so yeah fighting games really do i believe keep keep someone a little honest uh when it comes to it right if you're playing a game of league of legends and you're you get salty or you get tilted and you're upset that you're losing there's a number of different variables in play that you can say and deflect responsibility for yourself and say this is why I'm losing. And oftentimes you'll be right, right? Uh, I, my teammates are really bad. Um, you know, we made this mistake here. Uh, this team is playing this specific, they're running this specific comp and it's it's just impossible to beat right now. This guy's playing a new broken champion. You can say a number of different things that can, can be valid excuses, although those can also be John's. But when it comes to a fighting game, it's it's the most fair that you can get in terms of a video game. It's the most balanced that something can be. Because from the moment you hit a character select screen, you're even. You just have to be better yes. than the next guy. And even if someone could be playing a tier a high tier character and you're not pl- you're playing a low tier character, they're playing a high tier character. Well, guess what? You could have chosen to play the high tier character, but you chose not to. It's all on you. It's, it's all, all on you. you. It's always yeah. all on you. And I, I think keeping people honest. You know, since 1987, that's what that's what the fighting <laughs> games have been doing. Um, yes. And and I think it's just a, a great thing that we don't talk about so much. And it's it's not only honesty, but I would argue that there's quite a bit of honor in the FGC as well. As corny as that sounds, um, there's actually a lot of etiquette in these games. Um, I was reading that it actually used to be considered to be bad manners to hit a stunned opponent in Street Fighter. So in Street Fighter, if you get hit too many times in a row um, with, you know, no repercussions or somebody's just kind of just steamrolling you, your character will become stunned where they have like the little birds flying around their head. And then you get to punish that. You basically get what it, to do whatever you want to them at that point. And it's con- it, it at some point was considered to be bad manners to hit a stunned opponent because the mechanic is sort of like a rich get richer. Right. You know, you're, yeah. you're already getting bodied. And then you get stunned and then you have to get bodied even more. So that has become a little bit of a thing. A homie stock in Smash Bros is mm-hmm. when somebody SDs 
Um, and usually this is done in casual play, but if a, if a friend of yours or something happens in a casual game and somebody SDs, you might also, you know, jump off the ledge and kill yourself as well. Um, just as a way of saying like, hey, you know, it's not that serious, you know, although it is serious. Um, so homie stocks, that's a thing. There's honor and etiquette um, even in the fighting game community. All right, moving on to what I would consider to be some notable takes um, or notable fighting games. One of them we've already mentioned is a fight. This is a notable game um, through, you know, taken outside of the context of fighting games. This is just an outright notable game. Mortal Kombat. Okay. Uh, almost outright banned video games in America. This is a fighting game that this happened. Uh, Mortal yeah, Kombat along. Wrong. Yeah. M Mortal Kombat along with another video game called Night Trap brought talks to Congress and led to the formation of the ESRB here in America, the Electronic Software Ratings Board, which is our industry's uh, you know, body that self-regulates uh, the ratings of software from everybody. Uh, I believe the ratings now are E, E7, uh, T, and M. And then there's also a rating Sounds above right, M. Yeah. yeah, there's a rating above M that just outright bans the game and doesn't allow distribution. Um, but Mortal Kombat is a fighting game, and it, it took a huge stage. It literally went to Congress in America. It's pretty mind-blowing. Um, so obviously a, a very notable thing to shout out there. Um, and just as a dedication to it, I want to talk a little bit about Super Smash Brothers Project M, uh, the fighting game that, that brought us together. This podcast yes. would not be possible without it. Uh, yes. Matt, what is Project M? Project M is a mod of the game Super Smash Brothers Brawl. So for those that aren't really super familiar with the Smash series, uh, part of what made Super Smash Brothers Melee so beloved is the fact just how fluid the gameplay was, how quick you could be, and just kind of the freedom it gave the player to do what they wanted to play the game that, you know, play the game the way you wanted to and put like your own flavor into it and your own personality into your characters and your play style. When Brawl came along, basically all of that was ripped away from the fan or the community. The game was just the mechanics that made, you know, on, on it, it looked similar, right? And like the very basic like types of moves you could put out were similar. But the mechanics that made Melee so great were no longer there in Brawl. Brawl. Yeah. Um, you couldn't wave dash. You couldn't, you couldn't you know, your, L cancel. You couldn't L cancel. Every characters were floatier the gameplay was just all around there was no design. hit stun. no was, hit stun. The, there was no hit their stun. gameplay there. was all around by design incredibly slower and and there was straight up broken characters like there was infinites yeah. on several characters i remember there's an infinite on ddd well we got on, that in melee on, too <laughs> there's one infinite in melee. It has actually been banned recently i think if i'm remembering that correctly but far more exploitable characters in brawl than there were in um melee yeah and just for all intents and purposes still a fun party game to be fair but terrible terrible competitive game um not really it was played at the competitive level and competitive circuits but really shouldn't have been and so it was so bad <laughs> along came <laughs> this passionate group of people known as the pm uh pmdt or the pm Def team and what Project M is, is it is a mod of Brawl made to play more like Melee. Hence, Project M, Project Melee. Oh, so what this did that's was... That's what it oh. <laughs> So it took um, everything that Brawl gave them that they didn't like, 
and it, it brought back all the fun stuff from Melee. It brought back the hit stuns, it brought back wave dashing, it brought back L canceling. All the stuff that made Melee so special was brought back into Project M. And what was great about Project M was it had all these new characters you could try out, all these fun different, you know, little things that are, you know, exclusive to PM, like um, footstools, which is where you bounce on top of another character's head, little things like that. And honestly, they did an incredible job with Project M. If you haven't, yeah. it's kind of hard to find a copy these days, I think, online, unfortunately. But uh, if you're able to, I definitely recommend it. If you're all interested in Smash, it is a incredible game and very, very unique thing uh, within the Smash community. And it's kind of, it's how Lucas and I met in the, big group of our friends got really close for those that aren't aware i think lucas referenced a little bit earlier in this episode but uh we lucas and i were part of a smash crew called the bro cal bunch <laughs> which consisted <laughs> of initially um it was just me and a few of my friends from high school uh will the historian mickey aka teals neil aka cage and uh, our friend Ricky, a.k.a. Schmoofy. <clears throat> and it just consisted of us going to whatever random tournaments were going on for PM. And then eventually we met Lucas and Edgar and got them involved. And we were just a Smash crew talking shit online with <laughs> no way to back it up. Yeah. Um, and just having fun challenging other crews to crew battles and just making a name for ourselves in the community one way or the other. And eventually we started hosting uh, these really cool tournaments called Brocal's Gym, which very proud of actually. We... They were, they were international even. We had a guy from France come to one of them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We had guys from that. Alaska, from Arizona, Nevada, Northern California, all over the place. We hosted these regional level, PM level tournaments, regional level Project Gem tournaments, and a lot of fun. Um, great resume builder, to be totally honest. I think that's how I got to intern at Blizzard for a little bit. Um, yeah, and, and just overall yeah. so fulfilling. Uh, and do, really brought us know. close together because I would have never met Lucas who I was been on my good good closest friends now for like what haven't i known you like six years now kind of crazy no i think eight uh, <laughs> something like that yeah, yeah just known it's... known this guy for ages now and it all started through project dem and by extension the fgc fighting game community yeah. yeah pretty great um great great summary of project dem right there um you know it was it it had its moment i think um I, I, there's still a very passionate group of people behind project m and um it was great to kind of it's still alive today yeah it is yeah yeah not, uh, not, saying not as today. yeah not not as strong maybe as it was in say like 2014 2013 2015 like the, the golden days you might call those but there's still a thriving community of dedicated players to the game yeah yeah good times there super super good times so um yeah, I mean, just wanted to kind of shout out a couple of really great fighting games. Uh, for those of you that are listening, um, or for those of you that are in the Discord channel, we would love to hear about some of your favorite fighting game memories. Maybe there was a time where you turned into a solid pillar of salt. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, maybe there was a time where you overcame, and you tried really hard, and you won. We want to hear about those moments, too. Better yet, go on a, go on Apple Podcast and uh, leave a review. And in in your review, tell us who do you think was the saltier Smash player, me or Lucas? Oh God! I would love to hear this one. Actually, actually, I don't know. I don't know who would who would be considered saltier. You or me? I mean, you're gonna bring up when you played as King K. Rowan <laughs> that, that one night. That's oh, exactly God, what I was dude. thinking. Of. Oh my God! Uh, we had one night where we were playing the newest Smash that came out. We were Smash, playing Ultimate uh, Smash Ultimate at our buddy's house, 
and I was playing I, King I, K. Rule. <sighs> and King K. Rule is one of those characters that at first he's extremely, if you don't know, his, he's he's very gimmicky. Which he's is still thing broken. Which, he's yeah, still he's, he's he has very he has characteristics that make him very easy to exploit, especially if you're not used to playing against him. And I was just ragging on Lucas one night so much so that he had an invitation, I think, to go out on a date or something. And he like canceled it, and we were just playing. Smash. I, I, I turned into that was the most salty I've ever been playing Smash. It, like probably some of the saltiest I've ever been in a video game ever. I was just yeah. so upset, like because Matt was beating. I mean, to, for context, like Matt wasn't like I don't want to call you bad. You weren't no, a bad. I'm not. I'm not good at Smash. Yeah, you, you, you. I would beat you pretty regularly at Smash, and yeah. then Ultimate comes out, and I'm like, okay, it's time to. Time to talk to this kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I just kept losing and losing. And every single time I would get more and more mad until like, I remember there was a specific moment where like I was recovering. I think I was playing as young Link and I was recovering and you did some sort of super armor move and just like spiked me on some, on some absolute bullshit. And I literally looked, I literally looked at you and you were just laughing. You were just like, this is the greatest thing ever. So Hey, one of the, Hey, one of the greatest things is when you're playing, when you play a lot of smash or a lot of any fighting game, really. And you're usually the one getting beat down. When you're the one that has a fucking win streak, are you kidding me? I'm gonna gloat all day. And I remember that it was sick. I like, I think I did a super armor dash attack, with King K. Rule, knocked you off stage, and you were recovering. I like jumped past you, did my bear, which is a spike, and I just remember you like looked at me, and I was like, yeah, bitch. yeah. <laughs> what uh, you gonna do, Chief? Man, it's and see, me... that's something that wouldn't have been nearly as great online if we were playing. Yeah, for one, it's fucking Smash, so there would have been lag. Um, at least on ultimate, not so much slippery. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, those, those moments are something, those are the kind of gaming moments you really only get in yeah. the FGC. That's, yeah. uh, at a moment like that is where we might call Matt a fraud, or we might say something <laughs> oh. like, we're going to expose this man. There is plenty <laughs> of that, that slang getting thrown around in the FGC. So anyway, everybody just want to say thanks for listening to our talk here on fighting games. Uh, Matt, where, I know we kind of mentioned the discord and the email that they can email us at. You want to kind of throw it back at them? Yeah, so Discord, you can find that in our link tree on either our website, thanksforplaying.live, or you can check out our Twitter and our Instagrams um, and our TikTok, I think. Uh, all three of those handles for those social medias are at TFP Podcasts. That's TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. If TFP Podcasts was taken, darn uh, or you can choose email. Thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to come talk there, but again, uh, just go to any of those social medias. I mentioned, go to the link tree and you can find links to all of our other social medias, as well as links to the discord shout out as well to the newest member that has joined, uh, concrete who found the podcast from one of our Reddit posts. Uh, Oxy free episode is where he joined. So love that, uh, concrete. Special shout out to you. Thanks for hanging out in the Discord. Come hang out, everyone. Discord's a lot of fun, honestly. We talk about video games, TV, pop culture, anime, really whatever you can think of. Good little community. And uh, I think you should all should all come hang out. It's a good time. And if you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt, you can follow me on Twitter. Good idea, Matthew. If you want to follow me on Instagram, 
you could uh, do so by following Good Idea Lucas. Um, of course, I'm in the Discord, so if you want to message me directly, you have a question for me, you want to hang out, you want to play some video games, maybe even play some fighting games online, uh, let's do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it could uh, be a fun community, Nate. Could be, could be, yeah. A lot of salt getting thrown around here and there, yeah. so really great. All right, everybody. That's all we got. That's all we got, everyone. And remember, anything's possible. Thanks for Playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 